0: Welcome to another episode, I guess our second episode of GFB Express. If you missed the first episode, I am doing a solo show. It should hopefully be just between 10 and 20 minutes every week. Just a quick hitter of news you may have missed around the college football world, and we will go everything from p5 and the sec and the big 12 all the way down to some random naia news that i saw that i thought was interesting that you may want to know and if this is not your cup of tea feel free to skip these episodes in your news feed but for the foreseeable future this is going to continue to be part of gehb and will show up in your podcast feed alongside our regular episodes our post game show recaps and any other bonus episodes that we have uh the big news or lack of news this week that's probably on your mind, and we'll talk about more in our regular episode, is that there's no news for the Pac 12. There has not been anything good. There has not been any notion of a deal being on the table since we talked last week of Ion New or Ion, whatever that network is, being potentially involved. And then the latest update on that coming from the Sports Business Journal is that. They still don't have anything and that they got to go back to Amazon and ESPN and that Apple does not move quickly. So the biggest, my biggest question mark after all of this is what the heck was George Klyovkov doing for the last seven months and not talking to Apple immediately the at the beginning, if you're going to go to market, then go to market and get Apple involved as early as possible, get Netflix involved. And maybe they just turned up their noses and said, now we're not interested out the gate because he was going around saying he wanted 40 million a year. And they said, you're up in the night. We're not going to deal with you. And so they weren't willing to get involved until he had to come back with his tail between his legs. I don't know. But the biggest or kind of non telling, not telling thing is that uh, the Oregon State president of the university did an interview with John Consano on his podcast, and he kept trying to push her to say, hey, is everyone together? Are you guys all on the same page? And she said, I think everyone wants to get a deal done, which is code for everyone is trying to make sure they can figure out where they're going to be, and they don't care whether it's here or not. They just want to be somewhere safe. And she, the biggest thing is she publicly said out loud is that the Issue of unequal revenue distribution has been discussed, and as we kind of talked about live on our show last week, uh, the Clemson and Florida State ads also made this. The Florida st- talked about unequal revenue. The Florida State AD presenting to the their board of regents mentioned that they estimated that Florida State accounted for fifteen percent of the ACC revenue, but they only get seven percent of that back in distribution, and how that wasn't fair, and they didn't need that now. There is an issue of, you know, their grant of rights and buying that out is $120 million, which they can, Florida State can scrounge that up from a few key boosters. And, you know, they have enough fans involved who want to be there. But the big issue then is they have to, that does not give them back, or it is yet to be determined if that would give them back the rights to their games to be able to go broadcast them somewhere else. Um, I did read an article from 2013 or 2014 uh, that I found a couple days ago called the myth of the grant of rights. And it was written by a contract attorney who posited that, you know, when you have financial compensation for breaking a contract, that is only there if the contract is not met and that actually caused damages. And he said that one legal argument that could be made is that, you know, if you leaving, if Florida State and Clemson leaving the ACC does not reduce the number of, you know, does not reduce the number of, um, you know, the amount that is being paid out to the remaining schools, then there were no damages on the side of media rights for, for the duration of that term. So there it has yet to be seen if a grant of rights could be broken. No one's ever really attempted it, but I uh, probably a little bit tougher than expected given, um, you know, given. How Texas and Oklahoma handled it in deciding to stay for, you know, and only paying $100 million to their $110 million to leave one year early from the Big 12. Um, but the Clemson AD also made a comment after the Florida State AD presented to the Board of Regents. And he said, In all candor, I put it as a need. We certainly recognize the investment that we've continued to make as an institution in our community, in athletics, namely in football, which certainly drives a lot of value that is important from a television and revenue generation standpoint. Is the time revenue distribution within conferences, or at least the ACC, is done differently? Yeah, I've been very active in those conversations within the league and continue to expect to take a leadership role in our desire for that to be a changed circumstance urgently. So that is quite the statement to come out and publicly say. Uh, The big thing here is from the point of view of the rest of the schools in the ACC is why would you let them out? Because if you are a little school like Wake Forest, which you have the smallest, Wake Forest plays like in a 29,000 seat stadium. They're a really small school in a rural-ish part of of North Carolina. And if you're Wake Forest and you know that you're probably not, you're not going to get invited to the SEC or the Big Ten, you know that you're probably not getting invited to the Big 12 either, that it's ACC or bust. If you know that your future is doomed, whether that's doomed now or doomed in 2036, why would you give up unequal revenue share just to try to keep Clemson and Florida State around? If you think that no matter what, as soon as they can get out, they're going to jump anyway. So you're only delaying the inevitable. And in this situation, the smaller schools in the ACC, it is in their best interest to delay that inevitable as long as humanly possible because that gives them the opportunity to get as much cash now before their TV deal, once they backfill with schools from the American and the Sunbelt, drops to like $5 million a year. Um, so that is something that things are moving faster across the you know realignment landscape because we now have university presidents and athletic directors publicly and openly talking about wanting to change the status quo, which is something we have not seen before. Um, in m- other media news, The Athletic laid off a whole bunch of people. This is something that I think, as we look at how media is consumed, um, obviously f- for a long time, people have. I mean, newspapers have struggled, and traditional print media has struggled to go online. And as people got ad blockers, they've been trying to push for more subscription-based, um, you know, content. And they're really struggling, and people have not adjusted well to that. The Athletic has tried to, you know, be this upstart kind of, you know, very premium article, and they have a lot of great writers. Their national writers do a very, very good job and are very well connected. And part of their thing is that they've had a beat on multiple teams. You know, similar thing of trying to have the beat, and they laid off the Virginia Tech. I saw Washington. Um, There's a whole bunch of people, but. There's just also a lot of value where it feels impersonal. And I think that is kind of a key difference to what we're doing here at GHB, where a lot of people, you know, they may not have an athletic membership or they do it when they can get in, you know, get it for $2 a month when they try to cancel and they keep them in there. But without that personal connection, it feels like just a waste of money for the same information you can get somewhere else. Um, and that's something across the board with... You know, media in general, where it's struggling. The streaming platforms are losing money like crazy. And a lot of that is because we consume media differently. It's not that you watch Seinfeld every night or every, you know, one night a week, every week as the new season gets released and there's commercials and you're capturing that ongoing. You know, you are waiting for a new season and the new season gets dropped and you binge watch it in three nights. And now, what now you need something else to scratch the itch. And so, as We have shifted away from, you know, as we've shifted into being more screen heavy and consuming more media, the financials have not caught up to that. And there is not a single company that has figured out how to make money while producing constant high quality streaming things because they all jump out the gate and making incredible things. If you think of Netflix original series in like 2013 to 2015, they were all amazing. We all loved them. And now there's just so much crap that we don't You don't watch, you have to wait through it. It's an overloaded thing. And they're just trying to pump out content and to keep people engaged enough to want to maintain their subscribership. And we're hitting a point where that value just isn't there because the content isn't good enough. But if you are dropping content, you know, where you're dropping a whole season at one time and there's 10 episodes, you can burn through 10 episodes in three nights. My wife and I, we watched all of the new season of Outer Banks in a day and a half this last weekend. And, you know, that doesn't do much for your Netflix subscription when. You get that in two days and now you say, okay, well, next time there's another show that people care about, I'll sign up for a month and I can get through everything that I need. It just, the financials just do not scale with our current consumption patterns. And so that is something that print media has to figure out. That's something that streaming media has to figure out. And I don't know what that answer is. Hawaii football, the, our old arch nemesis of the WAC, BYU always wanted to go It seemed like we played in Hawaii two or three times for every game time we played them in Provo, just because it was good for recruiting to give us a presence out there. Obviously the the Polynesian population, a lot of members out there of the, of the church out there and getting away from Provo in November is always a nice thing. Uh, Aloha stadium is officially closed. If you did not watch any Hawaii football last season, they were not good at all. Uh, Timmy Chang is their new head coach. Um, you know, He was their quarterback in the early two thousands, broke tight at career passing record. And he, he was their quarterback there before Colt Brennan took over and Timmy Chang was the head coach. They are playing as they, they are building a new stadium. So they're no longer playing in Aloha stadium. They are building a new on-campus stadium or near campus stadium. And currently they are playing on a practice facility that is an on-campus thing. I think seats maybe 4,500, 5,000 people. It's bad on TV. It's, I don't know what the future of Hawaii football is, but they should really consider getting out of the Mountain West. And I think they already have their own TV deal. although That's only broadcast in Hawaii. They're not really broadcast on the mainland unless they're playing another Mountain West school. And they have all their other sports in the Big West. So they are a Mountain West team for football only. And I think they should go independent. And I think they could lure a couple P five teams out there a year who want to give their fans a trip and they could be more than they currently are and go get a bigger, you know, take small money. The mountain West TV deal is not that big. I think it pays three or $4 million a year. They could easily get that on their own. They're not included in that TV deal currently. So they could probably go out and instead of doing their pay-per-view thing on on the islands, they could you know go to CBS sports and get broadcast there. I don't know, but I feel like Hawaii football, they got to change something up. Um, UCF is, and we'll talk about other facilities in our main show, but UCF is approaching a sellout. They are currently expanding their stadium, building some luxury seating, I think, in one of the end zones to push it up from about 4,000 to about or 40,000 to about 46,000 seats. Um, but they posted this week that they have just about sold out their entire stadium with season tickets You know, leading into their first Big 12 season. They're at 97% sold out. And they are likely to not have any single game tickets available, which is great for the Knights. And they do have in their stadium design that they can add an upper deck on one side and expand the total stadium to 60,000. So we'll see what happens in the future as their alumni base continues to grow and they get into the Big 12. If they can keep keep going with some success, then UCF could potentially see some facility upgrades there. Um, but it, it's good to see that the other Big 12 schools putting money into their facilities and really getting and seeing support across the board from a lot of the new schools uh, in coaching hires. There were um, Michigan decided to retain Jim Minter as their defensive coordinator. Uh, George's co-defensive coordinator interviewed with a couple NFL teams. He's staying there. And UCLA uh, Chip Kelly's kind of been on the hot seat the last couple of years because he has not been nearly as good at UCLA as he was at Oregon um, as the game kind of evolved past him. And everybody started doing what he was doing at Oregon offensively, which led all the defensive coordinators to figure out what he was doing. Um, He, their new defensive coordinators, Danton Lynn, he played at Penn State, was a three-time all Big Ten player, defensive back. He was most recently, he was this past season spent as the safeties coach for the Ravens. Uh, The interesting thing here is he's going to be a college D.C., but he has never called plays before. He's only been a position coach, and he's never coached in college before. His Immediately after his career was finished playing in the CFL, he got hired by the Jets as a seasonal intern and then moved that in and spent some time with the Texans and then most recently the Ravens. But his entire coaching career has been at the NFL level. So how he adjusts to the recruiting and dealing with boosters and all the things that come with being a collegiate coach to be seen. Um, but it is a, he's a young hire. He's well-respected. Um, but that is the only big coaching news in that regard is that Chip Kelly's hanging his hat and hoping for the best from, from a first time play caller who's never coached in college before, which is an interesting approach. Um, and then in other bigger NCAA news, Mark Emmert, who you probably may not have ever heard of because he did literally nothing his entire career that was productive was, is no longer the NCAA president. So Charlie Baker is the new NCAA president. And he today, or one of the first things he said while he was on the job was that nobody knows what true market is and they need to figure out something to bring transparency to NIL deals, which I don't know why anyone thought there was going to be any transparency, but the market value is whatever people want it to be. And if there are people lining up to pay you to be the face of their school, then that is your market value. And no matter what they say about how it's supposed to be dependent on the player and not dependent on the school, there is just it is inherently more valuable to be the starting quarterback in Tuscaloosa than it is to be in Birmingham. And that's just the fact of the matter. And there's nothing that the NCAA can do to get around that or to skirt that. So that is our weekly GFB Express. Oh, we're coming in here right at hot at 15 minutes. And if you are listening to us for the first time or you haven't joined us, go to g com. Join us and you know subscribe, support the show, share the show, like, and subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave us a review if you'd like to. And until next week, give them hell.